You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from his word today. Take your Bible with me and turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 15. I believe the message I'll bring you today is a directly given to me of our Lord for the time in which we live. Today I'm going to talk about the day of trouble. The day of trouble. What are we to do when we see the day of trouble approaching? Well, we'll tell you exactly what the Lord tells us to do here today. A couple passages of Scripture will be our text. 2 Chronicles chapter 15 and verse 1 follows I read. I'm going to jump around a little bit just for time here. It said, And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, that's a prophet of God, the son of Obed. And he went up to meet Asa, that would be the king, and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. Now watch this. I actually underlined it in my Bible. The Lord is with you while ye be with him. And if ye seek him, he will be found of you. Now watch this. But if ye forsake him, he will do what? He will forsake you. It's a solemn warning given by the prophet of God. Verse 3. Now for a long season. Boy, you could apply this to America. For a long season, Israel, the United States hath been without the true God. Hasn't that been the case for us as a nation? For a long time now, we have pushed God away. We've been without God. And without a teaching priest, and without the law, we've removed the law of God from our culture and society. But, thank God for the buts of Scripture, the mercy of God that we sang about earlier. But when they in their trouble, the day of trouble, but when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. Let's drop down to verse 12. And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. I'm going to talk to you about our founding fathers a little bit here today. That whosoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel shall be put to death. Now, I don't think we should go quite that far, but. Whether small or great, whether man or woman, and they swear unto the Lord with a loud voice, with shouting and with trumpets and with coronets, and all Judah rejoiced at the oath, the promise, the vow, the commitment, for they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with their whole desire, and he was found of them. And the Lord God, and the Lord gave them rest round about. Now turn over to Psalm with me, Psalm chapter 50. This primarily will be our text today, Psalm chapter 50, verse 14 through verse 15. I got a hole in my glass. I just went to take a drink and it spilled all over me. So 
Psalm 50, verse 14. Offer unto God thanksgiving, and pay thy vows unto the Most High, and call upon me, say it with me, in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. What are we to do in the day of trouble? Heavenly Father, as we come before you here this morning, I pray that you would bless the preaching of your word, that you would speak deeply into our hearts, that you would challenge us. We're all concerned about what's going on around us here in our nation, and even in our own individual lives. And so, Father, I pray you'd encourage your people today. Thank you for giving us clear direction in your word of, of what we should do when we see the day of trouble approaching. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. There in 2 Chronicles, we read this verse, it was verse 4. But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. Let me tell you something, as a nation, we need to find God again. We need to turn to him. And maybe in this time of trouble, God will move our hearts to do exactly that. As a nation, we all have to agree, as a nation, we have turned our back on God. And that's why I believe we're experiencing all the trouble that we are experiencing here in our nation. And we have seen over this past year take place. But if we in our trouble, in the day of trouble that has come upon us, but if we in our trouble will do this, if we will turn to the Lord and we will seek Him with our whole heart, God promises that he will be found. Our nation can find God again. We can go back to our founding roots. It can happen. Sometimes we get so discouraged as we look at what's happening around us that we would say, that's impossible. It will never happen. Revival will never break out in our land. But I'm here to tell you, with God, all things are possible. Don't give up. Don't give up on this great nation of ours. So if we will turn to him, if we will seek him, he will be found and he gives us a promise that he will heal our land. The only one that's going to heal our land is going to be God. Amen. I'm reminded of the words of the prophet Hosea. Please listen carefully as I read. Hear the word of the Lord. Hear, listen. How many times do we hear but we don't really hear? He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. So hear this today. If you hear nothing else, hear what Hosea the prophet says. Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. For the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. Do you think God is in a controversy with us today? We see confusion all around. Because, this is why God has a controversy with us, because there is no truth. How many times have I heard, you can't believe anybody anymore one person says this about this situation another person says just the opposite about whoever you turn into has their own opinion of course we know that the internet has all the answers <laughs> I have a controversy God says with a nation where there's no truth no mercy, no knowledge of God in the land. By swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out 
What does that mean, they break out? It means they break the law of God. They break out of the law of God. We will not listen to the law of God. They break out. Therefore shall the land mourn. Our land is mourning today. Therefore shall the land mourn, and everyone that dwelleth therein shall languish. Yet let no man strive or reprove another, for thy people are as they that strive with the priest. See, what does he say? They won't listen to the preacher. They're not going to listen to you. That's a sad, sad state of affairs when the nation no longer listens to the preacher and they don't listen to anyone who's trying to bring correction into their life. They're not listening. I think this could be written directly to America. And then he says this. You know this verse. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge. I don't want to hear it. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I also will reject thee. That thou shalt be no more priest unto me, seeing thou hast forsaken the law of God, I will also forget thy children. What a serious, serious warning given to us from the prophet Hosea. How many here know who John Adams was? About a quarter. That's interesting. Thank you for being honest. John Adams was the second president of the United States of America. I want to read to you an excerpt of a letter that he wrote to the Massachusetts militia on October 11th in 1798. To the officers of the 1st Brigade of the 3rd Division of the Militia of Massachusetts. Gentlemen, while our country remains, you have to listen to this. While our country remains untainted with the principles and manners which are now producing desolation in so many parts of the world, we shall have the strongest reason to rejoice in the local destination assigned us by providence. When our founders talked about providence, they were talking about God. Assigned to us by God. Listen, he sounds just like a prophet of God. Should the people of America once become incapable of that deep stimulation towards one another, he's talking about our love for one another, we would ever stop loving one another. And towards foreign nations, which assumes the language of justice and moderation while practicing iniquity and extravagance, this country will be the most miserable habitation in the world. What is he saying? If you ever forsake loving one another, if you ever give yourself to practicing of iniquity, if you live for extravagance, this country will be the most miserable habitation in the world. Think that man had a walk with God? Think he could see something that we do not see today? Because we have, maybe you've heard this part, 
Because we have no government armed with the power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. I'm going to read that again. Because we have no government armed with the power capable of contending with human passions. Haven't we seen human passions out of control this past year? Burning down cities, burning down churches, burning down government offices, burning police stations, burning, burning police cars, looting. We have no government armed with the power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. He said we need to keep morality and religion in our nation. If we don't, it'll be out of control. I want to tell you something. This is going to be a very interesting week. As we inaugurate or attempt to inaugurate an illegitimate president. We now have 25 thousand armed troops in Washington, D.C. Governors all over our land, including our governor, are calling up troops to protect their capitals. We are in a day of trouble. Something's happening. When our president is banned from his ability to communicate with the American people, we are in a time of trouble. When our president for the second time is unconstitutionally trying to be impeached, we are in a day of trouble. We have no government armed with the power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. Extreme greed. This doesn't sound like Washington. Extreme greed, ambition, revenge would break out, would break the strongest cords of our Constitution. How many times have you heard it say, This is unconstitutional? We don't care, we're doing it anyway. Get rid of morality, get rid of religion, replace it with extreme greed, ambition. Revenge would break the strongest cords of our Constitution as a whale goes through a net. Our Constitution was made only, only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly incapable to the government of any other. We better take his words to heart. We are in trouble. What was John Adams saying through the wisdom that the Lord had given him? A lack of love towards one another, no justice, no moderation, the practice of iniquity, extravagance, greed, ambition, revenge will break the strongest bands of our Constitution as a whale goes through the net. No government armed with, has armed with power capable of contending with human passions, unbridled by morality and religion. Our Constitution was made only for moral and religious people as wholly inadequate to the government of any other. We have entered a day of trouble. Yeah. 
The word trouble is found 171 times in the Bible. Now, I didn't read all 171 of those verses or passages, but I read a bunch of them. And as I read through what the Bible says about the day of trouble, I broke it down into four different categories. First of all, trouble can be an act of God's judgment upon a nation and upon an individual's life. Wherefore, the wrath of the Lord was upon Judah and Jerusalem, and he hath delivered them to trouble, to astonishment, as ye see with your eyes. If you can't see that we've been delivered unto a day of trouble, uh, you need a new pair of glasses. So trouble can be an act of God's judgment upon a nation and upon an individual. Our enemies... I'm going to tell you something. The church has enemies. But praise God, the gates of hell will not be successful against Christ's church. But our enemies can bring trouble into our lives. The Lord, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Oh, Lord, consider my trouble, which I suffer of them that hate me. I'm going to tell you, our land is now full of folks who hate God, hate the things of God. And they are against the people of God. So it can be an act of judgment. It can be an act of God allowing our enemies to rise up against us. We can bring a lot of trouble just into our own personal lives by the foolish decisions that we make. And ye, if ye in any wise keep yourself from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourselves accursed, when ye take of the cursed thing and make the camp of Israel accursed and trouble it. Lord, in trouble have they visited thee. They pour out a prayer when thy chastening was upon them. Sometimes we bring trouble into our life simply because we are messing around with the accursed thing. How many of God's people are messing with the thing that God calls cursed? Bringing trouble into our own lives. Trouble can simply be also an act of living in this old sinful world. This is definitely a fallen world in which we live. That's why Job says man is born to trouble. What? Man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. This life is full of trouble simply because we live in a fallen world. Won't it be a great thing when Jesus Christ rules and reigns? Our nation is in deep trouble. And we are going deeper and deeper into that abyss. The platform and the policies of the Democratic Party, praise God, we're not a 501c3 state corporation tied to the state, incorporated by the state. We are the church of the living God. So I'm going to speak out against the Democratic Party today and some of those rhinos. I don't know why they call them rhinos. I kind of like rhinos. I think they're pretty cool. 
I think rhinos are pretty tough. I, they should not call them rhinos. I think we need another name for them. Maybe jellyfish. Oh, would that sound better? Come on now. No backbone to stand up for what is right. But if the Democrats, and I say if, if the Democrats do take control of all three branches of government, which it looks like they will, unless God intervenes, and there may be an intervention coming, don't give up. You know, one of the things that encourages me, this little side note here, oh my goodness. One of the things that encourages me is, uh, remember when Abraham said, Lord, if there be 50. As wicked as Sodom was, Lord, oh God, if there be 50. God said, I'll spare 40, 30, 10. There's a whole lot more than 10 righteous people in this land who love God who are patriots. That encourages me. But we are in trouble. We're going deeper. We see the Democrats attack upon religious freedom. They have now, in my opinion, and praise God I can give my opinion, but in my opinion they have become a godless party. I quote, if the Dems get their way, the following will happen in our country. Churches, charities, other religious organizations will be stripped of their right to currently, currently afforded to them by the First Amendment. Religious organizations will either be forced to violate their beliefs or shut down on the basis of discrimination. Churches and charities would be required to establish unisex bathrooms and grant equal rights to all people. There can be no reward, no tax break, no tax exemption for any institution or organization in America that denies the full human rights and full civil rights to every single person, including the LGBTQ community. If they failed to do so, they could be forced to close their doors. I don't know how many of you here have heard of the Equality Act. This was passed by the United States House of Representatives back in May of 2019 in a bipartisan manner. Many Republicans voted for it as well. The United States Senate received this bill on May 20th, 2019, where right now today it remains on Mitch McConnell's desk. They have not taken it up. But I guarantee you this, if Chuck Schumer, if he becomes the majority leader, they are going to take up this bill. And you're going to see churches pressured either to take a stand or to be shut down. I want you to understand something here, Fellowship Baptist Church. We will never, we will never give in. Ever. Ever. We see that through the Democratic Party, through this whole COVID-19, 
pandemic. We see an attack on personal freedoms. Even though 99% of people who contract it survive. I mean, just wrap your mind around that. We see that they have destroyed small businesses. My heart goes out to these small businesses that have been destroyed. They have closed churches throughout our land. Find churches. I want to tell you one thing. If they ever find our, find our church, I will not pay that fine. But they have fined our churches. They have taken away from us our personal freedoms. They have pushed forward their socialistic agenda. Now people make more money not going to work than they did when they were working. Free speech has been banned. This should be so concerning to all of us as big tech has aligned themselves with the Democratic Party. Their platform calls for abortion on demand right up to the time of delivery. You don't think that's godless? They push forward these LGBTQ rights and privileges. Open borders. Medicare for all, including illegals. Voting rights without any verification of citizenship. Adding D.C. and Puerto Rico as states. Packing the Supreme Court with liberal judges, increasing taxation, giving free college, eliminating student debt, universal pre-K. Now they want our kids before they even get into kindergarten. Gun control. I couldn't believe it. I heard Biden just this, just this past week say he wants to eliminate all semi-automatic rifles. It's interesting. I had to go to Shoebox the other day. How many know what Shoebox is? Okay, most of you. It's a sporting store. Went down there the other day in the middle of the afternoon. The place was packed. I had never seen it like that before. Ammunition is gone. Gun racks are pretty much empty. They have three computers where you can sign up to buy your weapon. They were all busy and lines behind them. I had someone text me this week and they said, we want to get a semi-automatic rifle before they're banned. And they said, what would you suggest? I said, good luck trying to find one. <laughs> Citizenship for undocumented illegals. Federal legalization of marijuana. The Green New Deal closing of the wealth gap through redistribution. 15 Dollar minimum wage, universal basic income. This is a social welfare program that guarantees all citizens and families an income sufficient to live on, called a living wage. It's called socialism. 
the day of trouble is upon us. And it's going to get worse unless we have an intervention from God. I believe our God can intervene. I believe that. We deserve judgment. No question. And if this is what God decides is the best for us, then bring it on. But in judgment, there is mercy. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. Offer unto God thanksgiving and pay thy vows unto the Most High and call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me, saith the Lord. Life is not always easy. God never promised that it would be. So many times I hear people say, that's not fair. I say, God's not a fair God. He's a just God. He's a gracious God, merciful God. He's not fair. Why is, it fair, why is it fair that one person has cancer and another person doesn't? That one person has wealth and another person doesn't? Well, it's not always easy. It's not always fair. Instead of always having triumph, sometimes we have trouble. This know also that in the last days, I believe we're living there. It's been a, a few years since I've been focused on Bible prophecy, but if you remember our prophetic series, we're there. But that means our blessed hope is just right around the corner too. Let's know also that in the last days, perilous, troublesome, the day of trouble shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, the LGBTQ community, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, without self-control, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Isn't it interesting now that good has become evil? Evil has become good. We're now, we're now the immoral ones. Because we don't accept that perverted lifestyle. I, I, I never thought I would see what I'm seeing in my lifetime. I'm, I'm, I pray this prayer a lot now. Even, even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, furious, furious. Ooh. despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Amen. We've talked a lot about the nation, but what about you personally? Have you ever had a day of trouble come into your life? I'll tell you what, Didi Navarre is living in a day of trouble. Bill contacted me on Saturday. He said, Dee Dee's doing so well. She's back home now. Been in the hospital after her heart surgery. And he said, I think she's actually up for a phone call. I said, praise the Lord. I said, I'll call her as soon as I can. So I called Dee Dee. She didn't answer the phone. I sent a text and uh, sent Bill a text. And he said, Pastor, she's back in the hospital again in serious condition day of trouble 
most problems that we face in life are pretty small. We can handle them without worrying too much about them. But when troubles begin to pile up, when they become more frequent, when they become large, when they become overwhelming, we can really get stressed out. Amen? David said, in my distress, he was in the day of trouble. He said, in my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto God, and he did hear my voice out of his temple, and my cry did enter into his ears. I want to tell you, we have someone to go to in the day of trouble. So God has showed us very clearly in his word exactly what we're to do when the day of trouble hits. Call upon me. But there's two other things that I want you to notice in our text. Go back to Psalm 50 and look at verse 14 and verse 15. The last thing I knew, verse 14 came before verse 15. What do you think? And so we want to look at the context here. Because a day of trouble is mentioned in verse 15. But in verse 14, God tells us how to prepare for the day of trouble when it hits. There's two things we're exhorted to do. And if we, listen, if we do these two things, don't, don't miss this. If we do these two things when the day of trouble hits, we will be in the right spiritual condition. Hello, church. That's what we got to get. We got to get in the right spiritual condition to handle the day of trouble when it comes. So the first thing I want you to notice what he says. The first thing he, he says and exhorts us to do is offer unto God thanksgiving. When the day of trouble comes, offer unto the Lord God thanksgiving. This is seen throughout scripture. This is the day which the Lord hath made. Let us what? Rejoice. Let us rejoice and be glad therein. In everything, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So when the day of trouble hits, don't let that take, don't let it take gratitude out of your heart. Stay grateful. Stay grateful. Because when you remain grateful in the day of trouble, it glorifies and it magnifies the Lord. But he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Wherefore, uh, whether ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to what? The glory of God. Listen, when the day of trouble hits, I'm going to remain thankful. I'm going to continue to praise him. I'm not going to wallow in misery. I'm not going to focus on the trouble. I'm going to focus on Christ. That's where we must be, must be when the day of trouble hits. When our focus gets off of how good and how great God is, Troubles seem bigger. Amen? But when we say focused on the Lord, our troubles seem smaller. Nahum said the Lord is good. He is a stronghold. He is a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knoweth them that trust in him. When the day of trouble hits, keep trusting. Keep being grateful. Keep, keep praising the Lord. You are not going to take gratefulness from my heart. 
whatsoever is good and lovely, think on these things. But when our, listen, when our heart is not in tune with the Lord, if we're not where we need to be in our relationship with him, if we're not trusting him as we should, troubles are going to seem overwhelming. When David took his focus off of the Lord in the day of trouble, I'm so thankful for the honesty of the men of Scripture. When he took his focus off of the Lord in his day of trouble and he focused on his trouble, listen to what he says, my heart panteth. So it was like I was going to have a heart attack. My strength faileth me. As for the light of mine eyes, it also is gone from me. Have you ever seen someone who's just so burdened with the troubles of life, the, the spark, the light in their eyes just goes out? And you can just see by their countenance, they're so troubled. They're so sad. David said, I was there when I got my focus off of the Lord and put my focus on my troubles. When we get our focus off of the Lord and onto the troubles that are swirling all around us, we get fearful. Amen. We get fearful. We get irritated. We get anxious. Someone, I think it was just yesterday, told me I'm so anxious about what's going on. We get anxious. We get impatient. We get upset. We get grumpy. We get angry. We get bitter. We get discouraged. We get distressed. And we can easily slip into depression. That's not where God wants us to be. Amen. He wants us to continue to be grateful and to praise him. I like what one man said. He said, try a little gratefulness and praise in the day of trouble, and you will find that your troubles will not be so troublesome. Amen. That's good, isn't it? Your focus in life means everything. That's why the Bible says, look not on the things which are seen, but on the things which are what? Not seen. Don't focus on the nasty now and now, but get your focus on the sweet by and by. So the first thing he says, when the day of trouble hits, we are to offer unto God thanksgiving. Now, I'm going to have to end with this. My endings can be quite long, though. This is good. We continue to be grateful. And the number two thing he says here is that you need to keep your promises. He said, pay thy vows unto the Most High. Continue to be grateful and pay your vows unto the Most High. What is a vow? A vow is a promise. It's a commitment. It's a covenant. It's a word that you give. It's an oath that you take. I thought, isn't that interesting that the two things that he tells us to do is, number one, continue to be grateful. Number two, keep your vows. Why does he say that? Because when the day of trouble comes, we have a tendency of not being faithful. What is he saying? Stay faithful. Stay faithful! to that vow that you have made to God. One thing that so upset me this past week was to see so many of the Republicans when this whole thing hit, to see so many of the Republicans turn their back on our president. I'm going to tell you something. 
God says, stay faithful. When trouble hits in the church, what happens? The church splits. What happens when trouble hits a marriage? The marriage splits. What happens when trouble hits a friendship? The friendship split. God said, listen, when the day of trouble comes, it's not the time to cut and run. It's time to stay faithful to the vows and the commitments that you have made. The Bible said most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. Look at how good I am. But then he says this, but a faithful man who can find. How many of you here have ever, ever thought that person will, will always remain faithful and then they don't? How many can? You just kind of stand back and you're shocked. Of all the people in all the world, I, I thought for sure that person would remain faithful, but when trouble hit, they became unfaithful. Listen to what Jesus said. And they have no root in themselves. That's why they become unfaithful. You think they have root. Be careful about trusting people. He said they have no root in themselves. They may look like they're rooted, but they're not. So And so endure before a time. Afterwards, when affliction, when the day of trouble comes, when affliction or persecution, the day of trouble comes, arises for the world's sake, immediately they are offended. That, that so reminded me of what happened this past week when our president was abandoned. With every trial comes a test. Have you ever heard that before from this pulpit? You know what the test is? Will you stay faithful? Will you remain faithful to God? Will you remain faithful to the vows that you have made? Class number two. Mm, when it goes to glass number two, you're in trouble. Usually when I run out of glass number one, it's like, oh, you better quit. This is bigger than glass number one. It is required in stewards that a man be found what? His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. If ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? A faithful man shall abound with blessing. Listen, it's not always easy to stay faithful in the day of trouble. But God promises, I will bless you. I will bless you. Dig in, stay faithful. How many of you here have ever made a vow? We all have. We all have. We've all made commitments. We've all entered into covenants, we've all given our word and we've given our oath. Keeping a vow is no big deal in our culture today. There used to be a time. My dad would tell me about these times. He said, Dan, all you had to do is just give your word. All you had to do is just shake a hand. 
But now we have to sign contracts and have them notarized and stamped and legitimized. And... Right, Bob? There's always this argument about marriage. I have no idea. I mean, I don't get it. I don't get marriage. The vow that you made was till death do you part. That, that, listen, that should, that should resolve the whole controversy right there. You promised for better or for worse. You took a vow. But what do we see today? I told you here not too long ago, almost all of my pastor friends believe it's okay to divorce now. Where did that come from? That did not come from this book. You make a vow, God holds you to that vow. We think of employment. You know, it used to be you go work for someone, you stay faithful to them. If you were moved out of the job, you gave them a two-week notice. Now what do you do? You just don't show up. You just don't show up. Where is, where is he? We make a commitment to tithe or to give faith promise. We don't do it. We make a commitment. We're going to be faithful in our church attendance, but we don't. We're going to be faithful in ministry, but we don't. We're going to be faithful to our nation, but we aren't. How many times do we open the altar? We come up and we come to the altar and we make a vow. We make a commitment. We make a covenant. We give our word to the Lord. We don't follow through with it. I pledge allegiance. Amen? I pledge allegiance. You've heard me read a portion of the declaration before. I'll read it again. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Our rights come not from government. They come from God. That among these are life liberty and the pursuit of happiness that to secure these to secure these rights not take these rights away from us not take our freedom from us but to secure these rights governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed that means us that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and institute new government. It's our right. It's our responsibility. Don't ever give in. Don't ever give up. I believe that vows are important to make. But they're also important to keep. I am trying to wind this up, seriously. Part two tonight. Amen. Part two tonight. If a man vow a vow unto the Lord, or swear an oath to bind his soul with a bond, shall, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceedeth out of his mouth. 
when thou shalt vow a vow unto the Lord thy God, thou shalt not slack to pay it. For the Lord thy God will surely require it of thee, and it will be sin unto thee. If you go back on your word, it is sin. Listen to this one. Actually, there's 44 passages of Scripture that talk about taking a vow and the consequences of breaking it. 44 of them. When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay, for he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow than that thou shouldest vow and not pay. Like bankruptcy. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin. If you don't keep your word, if you don't keep your vow, it's sin. Neither say thou before the angel. There's an angel actually keeps track of your vows. What a depressing job. I'm glad I'm not that angel. Neither shalt thou say before the angel, listen to this, that is that it was an error. You made a vow. You gave your word. You made a commitment. You made a covenant. And then you said, I made a mistake. Or it's too hard. It's too hard to keep this vow. Don't say before the angel who keeps a record that it was an error. Wherefore should should God be angry at thy voice? Did you all get that? It's sin and it angers the Lord when we go back on our word in the day of trouble. See, you would never go back on your word unless it was a day of trouble came. You said, I got to get out of this trouble. I got to go back on my word. I got to get out of this marriage. Got to get out of this contract. Got to get out of this job. Wherefore should God be angry at thy voice? And then it says this, and destroy the work of thy hands. Some people say, man, I just got, things are so bad, the day of trouble has come. I got to get out of this trouble. I'm going to break that commitment. I'm going to break that vow. I'm going to break that covenant. I'm going to break that oath that I made because I just can't handle it. I'm here to tell you, things will not get better. God says they'll get worse. So that is a lie that you're believing from the enemy that says, get out of it, get out of it. Just break your word. Just break your vow. No. Just say it was a mistake. No. God is not pleased. It is sin. God will be angry with you and destroy the works of your hands. I don't think any of us want to go there. So when the day of trouble hits, we're going to remain what? We're going to remain faithful. We're going to remain grateful. If, we, if you disregard your vows and your commitments and disobey the Lord in the day of trouble, you will discover that your troubles will get worse. Solomon said this, Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. Now what did God promise to do if we'd remain grateful and we'd We'd stay faithful. What he promised to do? I will hear. I will deliver thee. 
But if we don't, he says, I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. I want to tell you this. When trouble comes, I want God to be on my side. I don't want him to. Listen, I don't want him to leave me. Don't ever stop being grateful. Call upon me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me. He shall call upon me and I will answer him and I will be with him in trouble and I will deliver him and I will honor him. When the day of trouble comes, stay grateful. Keep praising the Lord. When the day of trouble comes, stay faithful. When the day of trouble comes, call upon him. And he said, he will answer you. And then, do you still have your Bible open there? I want to end with this. You still have your Bible open? Psalm 50, verse 15. Look at the end of the verse. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt what? What? Do you want to glorify the Lord in the day of trouble? Be grateful. Be faithful. Call upon Him. He will deliver. And you will glorify Him in your life. Now that we're facing a day of trouble, we know what to do. Well, that was half of my message this morning. Tonight, come back for the second half. Tonight, we're going we're gonna to see how we should prepare for the day of trouble. And what, don't, don't miss this, what will the day of trouble look like when it comes? Make sure you're back here tonight. Matt, close us in You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.